Hello, this is Matthias and welcome to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today I interview Christina Meyer-Walker and she works for a leading digital bank in product design. She's also host of the Employee podcast, a podcast about leadership, employee satisfaction and company culture. And today we want to talk about how people can be more satisfied and happy in their workplace, how you could improve your happiness and how you find out when it's time to move on to somewhere else. So this episode is packed with a lot of actionable advice and personal stories. I hope you enjoy it. And please leave me feedback in the blog comments or on our Facebook group at financial-independence.eu slash community. See you. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. And today we have a great guest, of course, and we have a topic we will discover and it's about being an employee and how, what makes an employee happy and how you can improve your situation and um, what's, what's all about this new work movement and when also when to know when to move on to next job or whatever. So today I have a guest um, with me. It's um, Christina. Say hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, welcome. And you're kind of the host of a podcast that is about um, being an employee, improving organizations, uh, leadership. And that's why I would say you're kind of a good person to ask about what makes you happy as an employee. Um, but first of all, I would like to, um, you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit, uh, how old are you, what are you doing, where's your money coming from, um, and so on. So please introduce yourself. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I'm Christina. I'm 33 years old. I've been living in Berlin for the past 15 years. I am a product lead, so I've been building digital products for the past um, nine years, mostly mobile app products. So I started off in the agency world and then I've been leading a product team in Zalando, Europe's biggest fashion e-commerce retailer for the past almost five years. And uh, yeah, I switched companies this year in summer. So um, I work as a product lead now at N26, which is one of the new cool modern banks, also mobile based. So yeah, this is where my money comes from. On the side, I also run a podcast, as you just said, it's employee. It's about how can we all become happy at work again? And do we all need to leave our jobs and become uh, self-employed and life coaches in Bali. I believe you can also become happy as an employee in a company. And uh, yeah, that's what we're talking about in the podcast. And on the side, I also uh, work sometimes as a product consultant or run workshops. So yeah. I guess you're not getting a lot of sleep, um, but it's really <laughs> cool what you, what you do. And uh, that's a lot of things. I would like to connect, first of all, connect uh, why are we talking about that? Because in my opinion, many people are not satisfied with their current job, and um, they, but they are also not changing their situation, and they're just pocketing their money, they're increasing their savings rate, and they, they put more and more money on the side into an ETF, and then they calculate some, some, some date when they can finally escape a 9 to 5, and um, that's it. But um, the, my thought would be, and um, what is if you maybe could just keep your job or also switch your job and just be happy right now in your in your employed work, and um, you can still become FI, but you can be happy right now. 
And that would be a nice topic to discover. And also, um, I think pretty interesting for many of you uh, out there. And so, Christina, first of all, um, as you're not part of the FI community, or are you? Um, do you know the concept? Um, are you also um, doing something about investing? Um, do you care about your money? <laughs> what, what have you done so far? So, yeah, I mean, I'm South German. Obviously, uh, traditionally, we South Germans like to save a lot of money and put a lot of money on the side. And this is in my genes, obviously. So I like to <laughs> save. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm also investing into ETFs. But that's basically it. And I, of course, have stock options uh, in the companies I have worked or I work. But this is basically it um, at, at the moment for me. What I do not have is a secondary income screen, at least not a passive one. I mean, as I told you, I also have some, some freelance gigs on the side. For example, I teach at the Product Academy in Switzerland and uh, ran workshops there. Uh, but then also here and there, I um, have smaller consulting gigs where I have a secondary income, which is not passive, though. Yeah, it's not passive, but at least it could become passive if you do an online course or something like that. I, I yes. think it's pretty cool that you can, are able and capable to do um, also work on the side uh, because you never know uh, how it will become in the future. And maybe you can earn some money with your podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, South Germans. <laughs> and um, what would you say? I mean, it's pretty stupid, but everybody knows. But what is employed employment again? Uh, what What is it? What makes it? Uh, what's the definition? Do you know that? Well, I mean, how I um, define it in my podcast, I mean, eventually my podcast is called Employee, right? So the idea is uh, how can how can you be an employee and still say yay about your job? So that's why I'm talking about for me. It's just not being self-employed, but you're employed at a company. Um, I don't know, for doing a certain things or doing multiple things. And then, yeah, getting money at the end of the month. You also get paid vacation and paid sick leave. Maybe that's how I would define employment and I exclude self-employment from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for, for the company, you're kind of um, the, the employees are the, uh, the capability to scale their company and they are the leverage and they deploy more employees. And by that, they, they increase the size and the, um, the, the turnover of the company. Um, so so you, you're being a fixed cost to the company. Let's put it that way somehow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, fixed cost. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you in the office. <laughs> Why are you happy as an employee? Um, we talked earlier and you're pretty happy right now. Are you doing um, stuff that matters to you? And why are you happy? What's the difference maybe to other people? Um, can you elaborate on that maybe? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that I was always happy in my work situation. And uh, as you already mentioned, <laughs> what was the motivation to start my podcast? Actually, that was one of my main motivations to, to start uh, my podcast because I, I felt mm, maybe not really independent in my job. And this maybe this feeling also created this unhappiness at some point. So um, I, I was on a sabbatical for three and a half months last year. And uh, then I came back. And I mean, I spent three and a half months in Asia, just traveling, being a lot of in silent retreats, not speaking for a week, you know, meditating the whole day. So, and if you do that for a while, um, there's a lot of things like happening inside you and maybe you connect more to yourself and to your inner truth and what you actually want to do. And then I came back into my old job mm -hmm. and the whole company and the job and everything didn't change, but I have changed like 360 degrees. So I came in and I was like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. And then I always had this feeling I need to go to, into this gray building. It felt like a jail to me. And at some point, even though I, I worked in a very, very modern environment, um, to be fair, 
But just for me, the thing I was doing and in the surrounding was not right for me anymore. And then um, I talked to a lot of people um, because I said, okay, maybe I'm just not a good product manager. Maybe it's not what I should do. Um, so I figured out what my strengths are a year before I did the strength finder test by Gallup. And uh, it changed the world for me just to understanding me and my personality better, understanding what my strengths are and also what my so-called weaker strengths are. Um, and then I thought, okay, maybe there is another job out there with another job title that I don't even know that fits much better to my strength. So, and then I, tr I tried to find, um, I tried to find a job based on my strength, which is not possible today because no job search would allow that to search for a job based on your strength. I mean, I Google stuff like jobs for empathetic people, but then on the other side, I'm very competitive and they always tell you, you should not work in a competitive environment. So that didn't work for me. And, um, Yeah. And, you know, and then I figured out, okay, maybe I also don't want to work based on 40 hours a week anymore, but rather on, okay, this is your goal for the week. And uh, whenever you achieve it, you're done for the week, you know, the different concepts. And why I had all those ideas uh, by being super frustrated, I had all those ideas, to be honest, and that I talked to a lot of people. And then a lot of people usually talk, talk, uh, told me, Hey, did you know this company? They're doing this. And do you know this company? They're doing this. And Then have you heard about this great tool called 50, 50 Ways to Get a Job, uh, which is a complete different approach on how to find a job. And it's exactly what I just described. So yeah, after talking to a lot of people, I had all this great input and inspired me a lot. And then I understand as well that it's not only me having this problem. I mean, there's a, a huge amount of people out there that have been working like for five or 10 years. So not, not necessarily beginners, but rather people that have been on job for five to 10 years maybe made some money. And then now the question is a little bit, okay, now what? I can do this for the next 50 years, but it won't make me happy. Um, so rather change something right now. And yeah, the idea then was to make this research public. And that's how my podcast started. And if you ask me now again, what makes me happy as an employee? I mean, back then I changed my situation. So I, I just changed completely the department I worked in. So I got a complete new challenge, a more business heavy focused product. So I I had the chance to learn a lot in a different environment that helped. But then this year, there was so many new things happening in my life. And by constantly putting work into understanding myself better, um, understanding my strength better, understanding how I add value to other people, yeah, it just led me to a fact that I said, mm, I think I really need to do something else. And uh, initially... My plan was also to become self-employed and start my own thing. But then this really interesting offer came in of my current job. And um, it was a really hard decision for me because I, I thought I want to be completely independent right now. But then this job came and I saw the situation that I can learn a lot. So I actually checked my vision board. So I created a vision board at the beginning of, my, of the year. And I understood I also want to I, I give. And that's what I did in the first half year. And the second half year for me is also to to take in, in, in terms of learning and in terms of also getting inspired by other people and learn something great from new people, learning a complete new industry I had no experience in before. So yeah, then at some point going through my pros and cons, there were much more pros and going again in an employed situation with a company, with a very modern company and with a lot of flexibility. Yeah. And for me, that was a great fit due to the industry and to the topic I could learn a lot from, but also from the people. I mean, they have a female CPO, which I thought is quite interesting. And uh, so there were more pros for the learning part than the cons for becoming 
self-employed. Okay, so um, I guess you, you 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 first of all started to understand yourself better by mm -hmm. using the strength finder concept uh, to to know what you what you where you're really good in, and then you 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 try to find a company or a job or a, at least also freelance work where these um, strengths are, are, are being used. And there's a gap right now, as, as you mentioned, that you can't, like, there's no search engine for, for, yeah. for a job. You can just uh, search for, I, I can program or I can do a business model canvas, but you cannot search for, like, empathy or mm -hmm. whatever strengths you can you have, like, I don't know. Anyway, but um, I think that's a gap. Maybe we should um, run a startup and <laughs> build that. Anyway. Um, I mean... Actually, I've, I have to say, I, I try to answer that questions and there are already like interesting concepts out there. Mm -hmm. So um, if you go through my podcast, you will find a lot of interviews, for example, like Truffles. They're mm -hmm. like the Tinder for job search and they're trying to incorporate a lot of these kind of things. There was another example. I interviewed the founder of Good Jobs because everyone want, like everyone I meet usually said, I want to do something good in the world. So they somehow... Um, try to fix this problem. Then um, there's one episode on 50 ways to get a job um, with the author of the book and the online tool. So mm -hmm. this is a really great episode also on how to approach job search in a complete different way. And there was obviously Yannick Stör, like she impressed me the most because she tried out 30 jobs in one year to figure out uh, herself better and what is fun to her and what she likes doing. So um I think there is not this one online tool. So you're right. Maybe there's opportunity. Um, but I also talk to a lot of recruiters. And even in, when I hire myself and I don't have a lot of time, like I just screen the CV. And if there are not like certain keywords I want to see, I, often I just do not have the time to go deeper and understand if this person might be a fit anyways. So um, I'm, I'm, guess, mm -hmm. I'm guessing I'm also a little bit part of the problem myself. But yeah, um, I think there's a lot of nice approaches, but... It's not that easy that you can do it with one click. You have to put effort into it and it's work. But I think there shouldn't be any more worthful work in like, as like getting to know yourself better. That's definitely a good investment always, um, especially if you do it early in your career. Um, then you can you don't waste time and you find a, a job that, that's really good. Also, my co-host Araminta is, uh, is um, doing three um, tests in career finding and uh, she's uh, volunteering right now in Kuala Lumpur in the NGO and then she wants to also to the, uh, be a developer so she's trying three things for I think three months and let's see um, what it does and that's really good for younger people if they um, just test and validate <laughs> their assumptions what, what's maybe um, a good career for them. I will definitely also link the um, the tools and uh, the books you mentioned in the links in the show notes. And um, right now I would like to ask you what is, there's, there's a new buzzword uh, out there. It's called new work. Uh, I've been like three years ago uh, in an Intrinsify meetup in Brussels to learn about it still didn't got it completely does it mean um that you just if you if you work in a gray building and you want to do new work that you paint it or you have some <laughs> uh, some yellow stickies in the in your office or what does it mean what is new work do you have kind of examples yeah. how companies um deploy new work concepts and improve um yeah the health of the company um, to be honest, for me, it's currently mostly a buzzword misused by 80% of the companies that use it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's 
just first of all, whenever you read about new work, it often doesn't mean you work. And if a company promises you new work, this doesn't necessarily mean they actually like walk the talk. Um, so yeah, for me personally, that means um, a very high level of flexibility in terms of times, working times and uh, working location. I think for me, it embraces, well, creativity and flexibility and failure as well. Um, I think um, purpose is a very important concept within companies that um, call themselves new work companies. So it's not about, um, it's, it's making sure the employees gets the why he or she is doing something and um, they understand when actually the goal is fulfilled rather than like doing a task on a daily or weekly basis constantly. So it's really about being purpose-driven and uh, also letting people figure out how they want to work and how they want to get to their goal. So I think these are the concepts which I would connect to new work. And I think what's important is that we understand the needs of the people working in this organization, because what I keep seeing everywhere is, Oh, yeah, Google and Facebook, they have those kind of offices. So let's do the same for our office. And I think that's not right because different companies have different cultures. And a lot of companies try to copy cultures from other companies, which is not working, of course. So I think real new work companies, they really put a lot of effort into understanding their own culture, their own company, their own developments and their own needs and try to, to, to react to them. And uh, I think also... Being agile, I mean, this is like the worst word for me, to be honest. Like whenever I come somewhere and someone tells me they're agile, I'm like, ah, oh, you're not. You're probably just having a stand-up and you're, you, you're misusing Scrum for something and you have a retro and this is why you think you're agile. And I think in most companies, it's very top-down. They work in the very worst waterfall and agile only starts in the delivery team because they're having, well, Scrum, maybe. And uh, I think agile for me also means, you know, being flexible and trying out new things. And if there's kind of this new concept, like, should we be able to work from anywhere in the world? I had a really interesting conversations with one of my team members this week because she's going to Brazil. And she said, she commented in the Slack chat and said, I will only be available like from 12 o'clock and noon. And I said, so this was maybe my old work soul saying to her and i said look i think you can work from anywhere in the world where you want but i think it feels it feels better to me if you then are also available at the same working hours than we in berlin so there's no disadvantages for your colleagues because otherwise next week someone comes and uh, wants to work from thailand which has crazy time shifts so we don't even uh, like work together during the eight hours you know and then she said like she's much younger than me and she said why and like we had this trust conversation and i said look i especially her, I trust 150%. But then maybe it came out that I maybe I don't trust everyone or I just, it's my fear that something else can happen and I lose control. And uh, in the end, maybe I also thought maybe this is not even me saying that it's my former leads who didn't allow me to work from anywhere in the world, you know? And then I really went through, like we had a really good conversation on it because I really tried to reflect where's my my concern coming from. And then two days later, I went up to her desk and I said, you know what? I think you should not ask me. You should just ask the team and deal it with them. And if they're okay that you only start working at 12 o'clock noon time, Berlin time, I think I don't care because you guys should get the work done. And uh, But I, it was a, a really big conversation also with my inner self to understand what's happening there, you know, uh, because in, in my perfect world, you can work from wherever you want. At least you get your job done. 
But I think when you work together with the team, I also see the other side, you know, sometimes people work from home and I cannot reach them, neither on their phone, not on Slack, not on email for eight hours. And this is for me, sometimes the feeling um, where I have the feeling, hey, I need something from you and it's fine that you work from home, but then I really also expect that uh, I can reach these people through Slack or through our normal communication channels. I think there's a lot of communication that needs to be needed, but I think now going back to being agile, I think you should be open and flexible enough to try out new concepts and give them a try run for, let's say, a month, three months, depending on the thing, and figure out if it works for your team. Yeah, um, true. Um, and is she now able to work? <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she 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 can work for like wherever. Mm -hmm. Like this is the rule we have in the team. So yeah. every week, uh, a person can work one day from wherever they want. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was the first time that we just decided how do we deal with time shift because eventually we have a we have an office in New York and people might want to work from there. So, um, but it was important. I mean, I think it's important that you talk about it, that you raise the concerns mm. and based on that, you can try things out. Yeah. You should just try it out and, and see if people can deal with it. Um, I think if you have a couple of hours, um, they work the same time, then I think it's enough, but it's only my opinion. What I personally don't like often have you, you in Slack, for example, you have to be online all the time. I sometimes just move out to get some uh, deep work done and not interrupt it and so on. But that's, that's something people have to figure out in this agile. And um, I, it's not really agile, but um, yeah. they have to figure out um, how to get deep work done and not yeah, being on, in, in the chat all the time. It depends on what kind of work you do, I would say. Mm -hmm. You have other examples of what people are doing or good companies are, are doing. You mentioned that they have a strong purpose, that they people give guidance by by purpose to complete their goals and to know when when they did good work, um, their self and so on. Yeah, I think I think for me another big thing is coaching instead of telling th people what to do. I mean, I've had like incredible leads and I have like uh, leads which were maybe not so incredible and I think for me the main difference was usually if if they asked me questions so I could really become better or if they told me that I should do it in a certain way and didn't leave me room for finding my own way in those things like I think every, every individual I mean brings different strengths and different natural talents so we actually approach problems maybe differently and I think mm. we should have the freedom to do so. But um, for me, there actually for in the uh, for the companies I interviewed in my podcast, there were like three companies I think that really stood out for me. On the one side, just was obviously Blackboard. They are a new work consultancy. Um, a friend of mine works there, so I interviewed Katarina for that. And what I really like is they truly live it. They they can work from wherever they want. They're a true bottom up organization. Everyone can contribute and come up with own workshop concepts. And I think they also don't have vacation days. So whenever you need I mean, first of all, they can work from wherever they want. So for example, my friend, she worked from Lisbon for a month just because she wanted to. And um, But then also when she really needs a vacation, like a real break where she's not reachable for, for the company, then she just tells them so. But they don't have a fixed amount of vacation days. They can take it when, when they need it. Um, but she also said sometimes when they see that a person is working too much, they would even go over and say, hey, come on, you should also, it's healthy. You should also take a break. Maybe you take one or two, two weeks off. So they really care about each other. And um, yeah, they just talk about things and make sure everyone can bring in uh, what they can do best. And that's for me, I mean, obviously there are new work consultancy, but they try out those things by themselves and they see 
once she said, an office for me is a tool. When I need the tool to collaborate with other people, I go there. If I don't need the tool, but I rather need silence to work on something and create something, I'm doing that from home or from wherever I feel most creative. So so there my example number one. That's, uh, that's really interesting. So first was also more about um, purpose and giving them the goals. The second one, coaching instead of telling people what to do also provides them not only with flexibility, but with autonomy. Um, to figure out their 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 own way, and I think what what makes people happy and also me happy is is autonomy to work where I want to work from, to also work when I want, and also, um, yeah, create the way I want to work and I want to accomplish a certain goal, and I think that's yeah. what makes me happy. What and makes happy, yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, I think an important factor, um, and I would maybe now move on to um, what. Or we can boil down what factors are important to um, create a situation or a job where you uh, strive. So, what could you? What are the internal factors? And we talked a little bit of, about the external ones, um, some examples. And but what could you do yourself to make your job situation mm. uh, more happy? For example, you could just maybe the simplest way would be just to go to your boss and say, Hey, look, I don't like the situation here. I, I'm not satisfied. Um, could and propose something, um, what you, what you would improve, what he could improve, she could improve. Are there other um, factors, um, that where you can do something about your job? Mm, I think in general, you need to understand what is the point that makes you not so happy. And I mean, to be honest, even though we're trying to uh, approach this topic very often so rational and um, objective, I think, yes, often it's the person. It's the person uh, which is your leader. It's often the people you're working with. It's sometimes your team. And it's also okay. And I think you should not try to run away from it. I mean, you should always try to speak up and like try to communicate about it because often um, your leads or maybe your colleagues they're just so busy and like delivering what they what they think they have to deliver that they often miss the human aspect um, however i don't believe that you can work and be successful with everyone because just people are different and personalities are different and that's a great thing in terms of diversity but um, there are also situations which often don't work and what i figured out is that it's often because of the people we're working with but then on the other side, it's also for me um, personally, I think um, you should figure out, is it maybe also the work environment that you feel blocked by something, that you have the feeling you cannot deliver the best thing you can because you're dependent on so many other things or the company has a very slow pace and you actually want to be faster or it's the other way around. It's too fast and you actually will need more time to, to think through things thoroughly, which is also fine, you know. I think you should detect like, what is it that makes you makes you so unhappy? Is it the fact that you have to go there every morning from nine to six and you don't want to work from there? Um, so what I think is usually a great way to approach it is that you start by yourself to figure out what your personality is. I mean, obviously there's the strength finder test, but there's 16 personalities, which is for free. There's a lot of things on the internet, but then I think you should also figure out where do you stand in your job? Because often we we focus so much on these daily tasks that we have to do that we don't put it into a higher context. Like what are other areas in my job that I'm maybe not so good at? Is there something I can learn? Um, so for example, in product management, we usually have the four D's of product management. These are just four phases and uh, figuring out, Hey, is there maybe an, in another phase, something I can learn I'm interested in or like a tool or a technique I want to try out. 
But then you can also figure out, hey, is there maybe the often companies are big enough that you can say, hey, maybe there's another part of the company which is more exciting than the one I'm currently working in. So you can, you know, there's a lot of things you can just look for yourself and try out and um, try to understand. Or like there's these questions, what did you like doing as a kid? What are you Googling when you're not being paid for? Like what are you Googling when you're on vacation? So these are all questions that could help you finding out what you're really interested in. And maybe this is also the reason that you're not interested in what you're doing. Yeah, it's interesting what people are Googling. Um, I, last, last week I met a friend and I asked him, and he's not in the FI scene, I asked him, what, what is he doing? Uh, what would he do if he doesn't depend on the money uh, making? And he said he would like to learn woodworking. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he's, yeah. he stays with a job because he thinks uh, he cannot make money from woodwork, which is maybe... It is like that, but um, yeah. So that's what people are are googling. Um, also, I'm thinking about what I'm googling now, but <laughs> uh, I will look into my history. Obviously, huh? Google is tracking everything, so I will look what I did the last four weeks. And what you just mentioned is that you can also um, improve your 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 satisfaction with your job just by improving your skills or certain skills. That is also interesting. Because um, that's something you couldn't do yourself. And um, I think when you're good in something, you're also more happy um, because, yeah, you're in your comfort, comfort zone or, yeah, it just feels a little bit more comfortable. And you also have get good feedback from your colleagues because you, you're kind of doing your performance and so on. So maybe it's also just good to improve your skills, isn't it? Yeah, uh, totally. But then also, I think what helped me, for example, a lot is um, when I started the podcast, seeing how other companies work and uh, then just open up a conversation. You know, if this is something that um, you want to like try out for your company as well and being proactive and suggested to your leads or to your company. I think there's like, you know, a lot of things or maybe a lot of companies are doing great things and why not being proactively the one who was coming up with those. Yeah, that's good because you can also do it then yourself and don't have to wait until somebody else is uh, taking uh, the lead in that. Yeah. So um, I also suggested, I, I did a good job in suggesting stuff and being able to to do it, for example, running internal events yeah. about machine learning or uh, yeah, you could even do an internal podcast or whatever. Yeah. Um, so just suggesting is, is the best way because um, it's proactive and people like it. And if you have maybe boss who don't like suggestions, then you sh maybe should think about yeah. uh, switching. So that leads us to the next question. When is the time to switch your job? When do you, how do you know that it's not the right company for you anymore? Um, yeah, see a checklist maybe. So um, the other day, my, my former, former lead, she sent me a book a recommendation And it's called The Dip by Seth Codin. And it's a little book that teaches you when to quit and when to stick. <laughs> so uh, for me, it was already too late. <laughs> I already quit. But um, yeah, I think for me, the, the moment is when you have the feeling you're not getting any further, you're not learning anymore, you cannot deliver. And you have the feeling you cannot be creative anymore. And I think being mentally blocked is like the worst thing that somehow could happen in yeah in, in your company. And then, yeah, for me, these are the reasons if you're not learning, if you're somehow blocked, and if you cannot deliver on your fullest potential, maybe, mm. I think that's for me a reason when, when you should quit. But maybe, you know, the company is also going through some interesting phases and often then you have to wait a little bit until things are changing. 
I think if you still love the product and if you still have the feeling you have the right people around you and um, there are things that you can overcome this maybe three or six months of like slower pace and still learn something and maybe focus on something else, then it makes maybe uh, really sense to stick. But yeah, often these are situations where we just stay in because it's very comfortable. And um, I see a lot of people, like I see a lot of potential also, uh, especially in larger organizations. They enjoy like just to do the nine to five. They completely gave up. And I usually think it's really sad for the people because I mean, for them, they think, oh yeah, I get my money at the end of the month, but everyone brings those natural talents. And I don't know, even though I also hate a lot of things sometimes in my job, you know, I'm still going there and like, I'm in a good mood and I say, look, let's do that. And I bring this natural energy and I have the feeling a lot of people in large organizations, they seem to me so, so bad inside because they're just going there, sitting, not being passionate. And I think we should, we should not waste 40 hours a week on things that we don't love. That's, that's pretty much, that's too much. And, um, you, you could, if you don't like it, you should automate it, <laughs> yeah. um, but not often, uh, that's not often possible. Um, what you, what I also, um, recognized is that you sometimes need patience because as Steve Jobs says, it's always getting worse before it's getting better. Yeah. So sometimes giving you at least six months, um, to go through a, a difficult period, um, is maybe uh, a good um, good way to do it. And what I also did um, when I was not satisfied with my job is to use an app called Mr. Mood. And there I was checking in every morning <laughs> if I would if I like to go to work or if not. And if if then you dislike going to work for a longer period, then you should really uh, yeah move on. I actually did the same. I am usually using the happiness planner every day and every evening I have like a quit yes or no check. <laughs> and then at some point I only had like, uh, I don't know, three, three no's and the rest were yes. And I said, okay, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we definitely linked the app and also the, the dip book uh, in the show notes. That's really a good way to measure it and not to switch too early because I mean, shit, shit happens everywhere and sometimes you just maybe change your, you can change your perspective on that and focus on the good things sometimes for, for a period of time. Yeah, that's about it. I would say what you can do now, I would like also to, um, I mean, we, we talked about when to switch and now I would say maybe employment is not for you. Maybe you need some more freedom. Maybe you want to shape uh, the product even more um when would you say it's it's good to go to for freelance or found your own company when do you know to do that Dep does it depend on your on your character um does it depend on how much you want to earn because sometimes you have a ceiling or you cannot earn much more in a in a company as a as an expert what would you say is a good yeah good time to to switch to another path uh, that's not employment um, I, I think this highly depends on what kind of jobs we're uh, talking about. I mean, now we're in our very uh, fancy bubble. I mean, you know, working as a tech, working in tech and product management, I mean, I can get a job like that everywhere I want to go. So I think for me, it's quite easy to speak. However, there are jobs which are maybe not so easy. So imagine you're a driver uh, for uh, a delivery service or a uh, you work in a warehouse of a big e-commerce company or you're a teacher, you're a nurse, or, you mm -hmm. know, uh, this maybe not very well-paid jobs, uh, which uh, require a lot of um, physical effort as well, you know. 
um, and where you, through this whole of physical effort that it requires, you may be sick more often. And uh, so I think being a freelancer comes with a lot of advantages, but uh, it also comes with some risks. And uh, I think I understand why certain industries or certain jobs for certain people in certain jobs, it's easier to jump into freelance than it is for others, first of all. And um, so if I just talk, let's maybe focus a little bit more on the more well-educated kind of modern jobs, such as in the, in the tech industry, for example, or consulting or design or whatever. I think then you should always, always go to freelance whenever you feel it's the right, the right moment. I think it can be hard to do that right after university. But on the other side, I mean, look at all those examples of N26, of Facebook. They just founded their companies right after university. So I think if you want to found a company, obviously you can do that right after university. Uh, often makes sense because then you do things and you learn them right away and you're not uh, maybe so influenced by certain management styles of others, which might not be right. But if you, of course, want to do a con more consulting kind of role and uh, or being becoming a designer as a freelancer, I think here it makes sense to spend some years in a company just to learn something, but then really be sure to make a plan for yourself. Uh, what do you want to learn? And once you've learned that, you move on. I think if you do have this inner drive and uh, if you're not, like don't have, have this fear of financial loss or, you know, all these fears that keep you from doing it, then you should always do it because it gives you the ultimate uh, the ultimate freedom and i think you will constantly also make sure to 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 work on things you want you will find your own style and uh, i mean money is one one point of it but i think it should not be it should not be the, your main driver for doing it and i think a lot of people maybe don't have this drive and um, a lot of people are feeling comfortable or are just good in operating what other people came up with or delivering on it and i think this is a great skill and um, i think also here you can become a freelancer as a project manager or what whatsoever but i think some people just feel comfortable by also having all the security that comes with employment situations you know i mean the labor law in germany is uh, quite great especially for employees so um i think it always depends on the person and if the security is more important than flexibility then you should maybe not do it but uh if flexibility is more important and you work in one of those, let's call them rather modern jobs, I think it's pretty easy to do that. Yeah. And uh, what we also try with financial independence, uh, for example, is that you also, you could just work in a company and you could um, create your passive income, save a little bit, and maybe you then have, you can create your own security by having cash flow of maybe 1,500 euros or 1,000 euros what you need. And then if you then have, you then have secu security, um, you have, you can you have a check there and you can then see, do you have the drive to shape your industry, sh uh, shape your niche, and you want to also um, learn and grow beyond your, your main skill, like you, you need to do scale uh, sales, you need to um, do HR maybe, and learn to, um, yeah, to speak about your product. Um, if you want to do that, then it's maybe a good time to, um, yeah, to switch to a freelance role or found your own uh, company. Um, I think that that needs to be planned ahead. <laughs> Maybe one or two years uh, to uh, maybe get your first customer, uh, to build your network. And then um, it's possible, at least in Central Europe, you have also your, your yeah, it's a security that you're not yeah dying from hunger. Yeah. 
And I think there are also there are also companies who are re- t- truly encouraging that you're doing side things. Um, so, for example, I interviewed Andreas Schanzenbach from Chromatics, um, their creative agency from Dresden. And uh, so, first of all, they bring in coaches to work, like not agile coaches, but actually real personal coaches, and to help their employees to get them set, uh, to get uh, to know themselves better. Because they said if they put a lot of work into the personal development of their employees, they um, are becoming much better in their work. Interestingly, they it rather um, increases intent- retention for the company. So it's not that, okay, now I know myself and my strength better, so I'm going to leave and become a freelancer. That's uh, quite interesting. And uh, second of all, um, they also encourage them to bring on projects to work so they can uh, work on their magazines or whatever they do you know, on the side. Um, because it's a win-win situation. It's great for the company, so they increase their network. But on the other side, it increases a lot the employee motivation. So, and in the end, this results in better work results. Because if comp- if the employees are more creative and have the feeling I can do my own stuff at work, the creativity increases, and then of course the uh, the work increases for a creative agency. I think um, there are also great examples from companies that encourage these kind of side projects. Yeah, so the so, so mix of being employee and freelance, yeah, and maybe you just work uh, as a, as an employee for four days or three days a week, and then you can also do your side hustle or a real proper freelance, yeah, and build from there, and also incorporate the skills you learned uh, into your your main job. I think that's um, underestimated that you what you learn in your other jobs or or in your side hustles, yeah. what you can bring really into the um company and maybe they are surprised um wow you can do that you can do a, run a podcast or you can um you can sell white papers in the internet it's really cool so can you do that also for our company yeah that can can work and but this is maybe a really one point to mention where i have the feeling uh ma- the majority of companies is not that not there yet because <laughs> i have the feeling i i to be honest i asked last Last year in winter, I asked if I could go on to four, four days a week because obviously I had my side things to do and I was not allowed to do it. So um, I think this is something that a lot of companies, and I hear that also from a lot of colleagues that I would like to only work four days a week where companies are very strict. I think it's okay for mothers and uh, for people that have kids. For, for those, the acceptance level is much higher. But if you don't have kids and if you just want to do yeah, like your own thing, um, Companies are not very open, and I hear that from a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, maybe you can get a cat, or you have also um, your parents. You can take care of them. Uh, <laughs> you can say that you can take care of them, and you don't. That would be possible, but um, it's strange. Um, I think it will change. And now we slowly have to wrap up. Uh, although we could maybe also uh, talk for a little longer. Um, but what will be the future of of employment? Um, will be I mean, there are these platforms like Upwork, like Fiverr, like whatever, and also internal platforms. Do you think we will become freelancer um, in the future? Everybody will become freelancer. Do you think maybe uh, we we only have to work two days because of the automation? Yeah. What do you think? At the beginning of the year, I spoke in Bremen on a conference and there was a junior professor and she deals with new work. And she said uh, the current uh, developments um, show that Maybe in a few years, companies are just a loose construct of people coming together on a project basis. Um, and I thought, so she presented this concept and I thought this was quite interesting. And I could imagine that 
again, for certain industries, this makes sense. And I'm talking here now again, probably the industries we're uh, um, operating in. And uh, I also believe this makes a lot of sense because often, you know, we all have this dream, hey, I want to work nine months a year and then three months I can traveling and you just have more flexibility. But then on the other side, also, it's better for the flex uh, for the for the companies themselves because they don't need to plan all the resources ahead all the time, you know, and then the resources are stuck with the company, even though they maybe don't need them, because especially in Germany, I mean, as I said, the labor law is quite beneficial for the employee side of things. And uh, once you hire people, um, you you have them in your company, and it's really really hard to uh, after the probation period to um, if you don't have enough work anymore, the business is not doing so great. So what are you doing with those people? So I think it's on both sides, on employee side, but also company sides, this can be very beneficial. And then you can also choose and try out new things. You're maybe not so tied to the job title. I think um, that's a great concept for the industry I'm operating in. But I guess if we talk now about other jobs, um, like drivers, the warehouses, nurses, teachers, for them, it's maybe not such a great concept because they maybe require like a higher level of security as well. And uh, the question is, how do we, or where do we develop as a society? Is it when a lot of automation will happen in the future? It's then just the survival of the fittest. And the ones like which are well educated and manage to actually find their way through society and still have a job. This kind of creative jobs will still exist. But then what happens to all the other jobs? Um, I do believe that um, adding freelancing in terms of like care of older people or care of sick people and all this kind of stuff, it's not a good idea. Mm. You can also not be a nurse uh, from Bali for exactly. Germany. Um, difficult. I mean, somehow maybe. Uh, in 40 years possible but not now and um, I think we have to disconnect uh, income from from work because then you can work what you really want even more and uh, you don't have the fear and I think if if more people don't have fear and, and uh, anxiety and they yeah they have this abundance mindset and um, I think society and humanity as a, as a whole can strive and grow even even further Uh, without having the fear um, to to get basic needs needs covered, and that has I think that has to come up from governments, um, but we have to ask for it. And uh, I mean, they ask for it for 15 years. There's a basic um, income uh, movement, and so on. I think that's really um, important to make work optional yeah. because we don't need all the people. Then in 10 years, I mean, we can automate really a lot of things. Yeah, but I think also with automation, I. I don't know. I mean, you know, when the computer was introduced, everyone thought um, all these people will lose their job. But I think it's just shifting somewhere else. I think these kind of mm. jobs are just intermediate jobs until you can automize them. And there will always be intermediate things. You know, when the computer was introduced, who would think that all those people that lost their job would then maybe work as customer service agents for all the tech companies? You know, it's yeah. it's a shift. And it's a shift. And I think... Also customer jobs. service, warehouses, drivers. Of course, this is just intermediate solutions for before automation. And I think once these jobs are automized, there will be something new coming up where you also uh, always need people, you know. So I'm, I think it's just a lot of shift happening. And the problem is that I have who teaches those people what to be agile means. I mean, mm. great that we're all aware of it, but I think 
uh, or the, when I when I just uh, told about this coaching concept of my friend, I think actually these people need to be coached um, on how to deal with their free time, on how to be agile and how to be adaptive to new environments. Because I'm not sure if this maybe these are the people who are somehow feel a little bit lost often because mm. no one no one speaks to them or like shows them also that there are not only disadvantages but there, there are also a lot of uh, opportunities for them mm. i think that's also the most important thing for 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 the society yeah to help these normal people yeah. i would say uh, to be part of society um to coach them maybe you can found an ngo to do that maybe you can put more money into local communities in in the rural areas of east yeah. germany that they don't vote for the wrong party and um I think that's the most important thing. And you also see in, in America, um, United States, many people are not working. They are not even in the statistics. They're just playing games, um, getting disability money. And it's, it's a huge amount of people. And uh, you have to bring them back to the society. If you, as a rich people, also yeah. want to, you, you want to live in a nice um, country. You don't want to live in a gated area. Yeah. So that's important. And that's also where we have as, as tech people or as good earners, we have to, we have little responsibility to help them and to, um, yeah, to be part of society. Yeah. Because imagine, I mean, now, I mean, when we talk about like consuming, imagine, uh, if people have more time and they don't learn how to, um, how to use their free time wisely or to be honest, just to deal with themselves. I mean, the majority of us, uh, always, That we cannot deal with ourselves anymore. Not a lot of people can sit silently in a room for five minutes. Uh, we need to we need to make sure that if these people start to consume more in their free time, this is going to be a catastrophe for for our environment. You know, that's mm. why I think it's really important that um, we make sure that people are more self aware, that they can deal with their free time, they can create value for the society. Because there's, I, I don't know, there's this movie, maybe you've seen it uh, on Netflix. It's called Idiocracy. And I mean, it's a really stupid comedy about um, how the future could look like. But when I saw it, I actually didn't find it so funny because there's a lot of truth into it. And uh, mm. I think just seeing people like not really moving anymore, just wasting their time in front of the television, like watching very, very stupid things. And I mean, you know how it is with affirmation in the end, you know, if you, uh, or manifestation, you know, if you see if you like this if this is the stuff you consume every day um yeah. this doesn't make us our society much better and um i think also yeah just buying things and uh, like increasing waste and um so these are the actually the threats that i see uh coming up when people have more free time because mm. no one teaches them how how to deal with themselves and um i have, I have the hope that the movements um for example the zero waste movement they they if they sometimes they're brown they're um they're crossing the chasm we would say as they're, they're the mainstream they go mainstream and then people hopefully adapt uh, to that um you have a lot of vegan restaurants and zero waste restaurants in berlin but not in in, in the eastern east germany i found out also in not the, in the south germany like where i'm from i mean i'm hmm. a vegetarian for quite a while and uh yeah. even like finding vegetarian options is very 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 hard in the south already and I think also this problem of unemployed being unemployed is also coming to the south, especially to the rural areas. And mm. we're having the exact same problems there. And um, the problem is that what I observe also with a lot of my friends is that if they have like five or ten minutes of spare time, they're getting nervous. 
And I think uh, smartphones don't help with that because then you're constantly getting distracted by Instagram. You constantly have the feeling to do something, you know, to feel better. Mm. I just read an interesting little Buddhist uh, story yesterday about like uh, people sitting in the garden. So the first person comes and uh, sits down and after one minute he gets up and tries to fix this and this and this and this, constantly tries to fix something in the garden. The second one comes in and he reads a magazine and then also imagines how he can improve. And the third one is coming in and constantly trying to make plans in his head how he can improve things in the garden and for his life. And all of three of them really couldn't find peace and uh, couldn't just sit down and enjoy the garden, imperfect as it is. And I think this just reminded me a lot on um, how hard it has become to our society to just sit down and enjoy life, you know. And I yep. think especially if you have more free time and mostly getting distracted by consumerism, that's hmm. a big threat. I can recommend uh, reading the book Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle uh -huh. and also going, I have to go to a silent retreat to shut up. Yeah, you should. To, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's a really good yeah, experience. Yeah, I should do that um, for the next uh, vacation. Um, we have to wrap up because we have 55 minutes now. Nobody will listen if we have uh, above one hour. So where can people uh, find you online? So I think most easily uh, is on LinkedIn. It's Christina with a K, Walker with a CK, and Meyer with a A-Y. And then I'm also available on Twitter. So you can follow me on Mobile Geek Girl. And obviously, there's a lot of topics in my podcast called Employee. Employee.org. Uh, yay, like yay. Yeah. And um, yeah, what is one resource not well known that you could recommend somebody for investing, if you like, but also for employee or uh, being an employee or self-improvement, uh, if you want? I think since we talked so much about becoming financially independent, I would like to recommend be a free range human by Marianne Cantwell. So it's one of those life coaches, but actually I really liked her book and I normally don't like the books of all the life coaches, but it's a very interactive book. So she just asks you a lot of questions and helps you to find out what you really like doing and how this could become your maybe next side gig. And it's a very interactive book. I like it a lot. And uh, especially if you're in the very start, you have no idea what to do. I would start with this one. Cool. And uh, number one actionable tip for someone to who just got started on their path to FI, but you can also say uh, her work life or improve um, their career if you want. Figure out what you really like doing and what your natural strengths and talents are. So do the strength finder test, invest not only in the five strengths, but in the 34. Because in the strength finder test, usually if you only pay the 16 euro, you only get the, your five strengths, which is already a very, very good investment because um they tell you a lot but the second one is like if you get all the 35 strengths you will also figure out what are five weakest strengths and that was very eye-opening to me as well to not focus on those jobs maybe in the future perfect thank you very much christina see you soon it was nice to talk to you again after 20 years um <laughs> seeing you in a concert or what was the last time we have met it, uh, probably in magnet club in berlin listening to emo punk rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true but yeah we don't tell people about it so yeah. thank you very much see you soon thank you very much bye-bye Hey Matthias, do you think there are no financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. 
gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddits, in Facebook groups. The Fire Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is in the end the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So, yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.